0: Welcome to another edition of Life Insurance HQ the Podcast. Today is October 19th, 2022, and I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us. It's been a few months since our last podcast, and we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, Moving forward, our plan is to do a podcast every other week and continue to update our blog at miracleco.com forward slash life hyphen insurance hyphen blog on at least a monthly basis. Today, uh, we wanna spend some time discussing John Hancock and their recent crediting rate increase. And we also wanna spend some time discussing the Ohio National Acquisition by Constellation Insurance Holdings, Inc. We'll talk about how these different factors will likely impact policy owners and what that might mean to them. Before we start, please remember that every individual situation is different. The content of this podcast and any of our other podcasts is purely informational and should not be relied upon for your own personal situation. We do recommend you work with a licensed professional to discuss your individual needs. If you are interested in scheduling a conversation with us, please visit our website at miracleco.com. That's Amazon Mary, E-R-I-C-L-E. Co. com, or drop us an email at info at MiracleCo.com. You know, in p- past podcasts and uh, blog posts, we've actually spent a couple of years discussing how the crediting rate of different current assumption universal life policies impacts policy p- performance. We've talked at nauseam about how policy owners should review these types of policies to make sure they don't end up in a position where they really can no longer afford to maintain their coverage due to how costly it can become if left unattended. In large part, the reason for this is that carriers across the industry continue to reduce their current crediting rates on these types of policies. Some in fact have dropped their current crediting rates down to the guaranteed crediting rates which can be a big problem for a lot of policy owners. So what does this mean for policy owners? Well, with these types of policies, there are generally two drivers of how the policy will perform. The first is generally the current crediting rate, and the second is the current cost of insurance. Now put simply, when a policy is issued, premiums are based on the age of the insured, the death benefit, the insured's health class or underwriting class, and the current crediting rate and current cost of of insurance. If a policy assumes a current crediting rate of, let's say 5% at issue, and a year later, the current crediting rate drops to say four and a half, then the premium you're paying needs to increase in order for, for the policy to perform as initially illustrated. We'll get more into this later on in the podcast, but at the end of the day, Decreasing current crediting rates on current assumption universal life policies can and will significantly impact policy performance in a very, very negative way. It's for this reason that when John Hancock announced their first and then second current recrediting rate increase in 2022 at Cotter Eye, it's important to note that the increase does not impact all John Hancock policies. It is limited to their Protection Universal Life and Protection Survivorship Universal Life Insurance product suite. However, it would also be our guess that they have a significant number of policy owners with these types of policies. On March 1st of 2022, John Hancock initially increased their current crediting rate from 4.35% to 4.65%. This was uh, obviously a 30 basis point increase or in terms of a percentage, uh, an approximate 6.9% percentage increase. This was pretty significant. Six months later on September 1st of 2022, John Hancock actually implemented a second increase of 20 basis points bringing the current crediting rate to 4.85%. This was a total percentage increase Of 11.5% over a six-month period. Now, on a side note, these crediting rate increases above impact John Hancock's protection UL policies issued by John Hancock USA. If you own a policy that was issued by John Hancock New York, then the September 1st, 2022 crediting rate increased to 4.6%, and not 4.85%, but this is still a very good thing. The current crediting rate increase by John Hancock is the first increase that we're aware of by any carrier in quite a few years. In fact, if you are aware of any other carriers who may have increased their current crediting rate in the past couple of years, we'd love to know it. Just simply drop us a line. As mentioned earlier, this increase is opposite of what has been happening in the industry which is why we have been so adamant about policy reviews. While this rate increase is great, how does it actually impact policy owners? Fortunately, we have a number of clients with John Hancock policies, and it's not uncommon for us to review over a hundred John Hancock policies in any given year. When this announcement was made, we were actually in the process of conducting a policy review towards the end of August, for one of our policy owners. We had already scheduled a meeting and we were ready to go. And we even had uh, updated illustrations reflecting the March 2022 crediting rate increase. As soon as the announcement came out for the September 1st, 2022 increase, we rescheduled the meeting so we could update policy values in accordance with the 4.85% rate increase. What was interesting about this policy, it was originally acquired in August of. 2017. There's a $400,000 policy on a 65-year-old with a planned premium schedule of $40,000 per year for five years. Based on the policy at that time in August of 27, 2017, the current assumed crediting rate was 5.05%. Based on that 5.05% crediting rate and five payments of $40,000, the coverage was projected to last to policy maturity or in this case, the insured's age 125. From what we've been able to surmise is the current crediting rate began to decrease in around March of 2018, which was not good for this policy. By fast forwarding uh, to February of 2021, the current crediting rate had dropped from 5.05% to 4.35% for total percentage decrease of 13.9%, which is obviously pretty uh, significant. At at the time in February of 2021, there was one more premium payment of $40,000 due in August of 2021. And assuming the premium payment was made on time and the current crediting rate stayed at the 4.35% the coverage was now projected to lapse at the insurance age 90 and not last to maturity at age 125. This 70 basis point reduction from 5.05% to 4.35% had reduced the length of time the coverage would last by 35 years. You have to be kidding me. We also reviewed an illustration of August of 2022 reflecting the March 2022 crediting rate increase to 4.65%. This increase extended the coverage an additional 17 months. After requesting and reviewing illustrations following the September 2022 increase to 4.85, it increased the coverage an additional 15 months. The policy is now scheduled to lapse at the insureds age 94 and not age 90. This still doesn't get the policy back to the original projections, assuming the initial 5.05% current crediting rate, but it does improve the policy by four years. Now, if the policy owner wants to get the policy back on track in accordance with the initial policy projections, they're able to pay an ongoing premium of $583 per year or they can make a single lump sum payment of $6,130. Now, again, this assumes the current crediting rate of 4.85%. So what that means is if we go ahead and do one of these two options, whether pay it annually or, or make a lump sum payment, if there is a reduction to the crediting rate in the future, additional premiums will be required. Now, any increase in the future will obviously require less premiums. So the policy owner could also explore reducing the death benefit if they wanted to, to ensure the coverage continues to a specific age. They can also take a wait and see approach to see what happens in the future. The risk here is the cost to get the coverage back on track will increase over time the longer we wait. Now, in this situation, the insured was pretty emphatic that they weren't going to live to age 94. So they're they're comfortable to continue to take a wait-and-see approach to see what happens down the road. Now, while the crediting rate increase may not seem significant, it is. In a time where carriers are more concerned about profitability than policy owners, rates will likely continue to remain at all-time lows. Again, if you have one of these types of policies, we would encourage you to review it with a licensed professional. Now, after some good news, let's talk about some not-so-good news. Ohio National. Ohio National has been around since 1909. They have historically been known for good whole life insurance policies. It's my understanding that over the past few years, Ohio National may have been struggling uh, financially like a lot of other carriers. Their dividend rate had steadily declined and they were in need of an influx of capital to continue to operate the company. Now, Inwalk's Constellation Insurance Holding Incorporated or Constellation, as we'll refer to them moving forward. Constellation is an insurance holding company backed by two of the largest long-term institutional investors, according to a press release published on March 31st, 2022. The two institutional investors are a Quebec-based firm and the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan Board, think Canada here that same press release published on March 31st of 2022 announced that Ohio National Mutual Holdings Inc and its wholly owned subsidiary Ohio National Financial Services Inc and I quote here successfully completed its sponsored demutualization transaction with Constellation Insurance Holdings following the approval of the transaction Ohio National Mutual Holding was converted to a stock company renamed Ohio National Holdings. Now, prior to the acquisition, Ohio National was a mutual insurance company, which meant the company was owned by its policy owners. The net profitability of the company was then passed down to policy owners in the form of a policy dividend. Now that's a stock company, the net profitability of the company will now be shared amongst the investors of the stock company and not the policy owners. With that said, the new company will still be required to honor the contractual guarantees of Ohio National's enforced block of business. However, They are not obligated to pay dividends above the guaranteed dividend rate or share the net profits of the company with policy owners. To put this in perspective, it's not the first time a mutual insurance company has become a stock company. In fact, it's happened quite a bit over the last three decades. It is, however, the first time that I'm aware of an institutional investor purchasing a traditional life insurance company and transition it from being a mutual insurance company to a stock company. Again, I'm open for comment and correction on this one. I don't believe it is entirely out of line to suggest that the reason for the acquisition was to increase profitability for the holding company and eventually its investors. Why else would you do it? I'm sure the investors saw an opportunity to enter new markets and potentially add some innovation to an insurance carrier that may have not been able to keep up with the times. Now, I would also be remiss if I didn't point out that Constellation made a commitment to contribute $500 of capital into Ohio National Life Insurance Company over the next four years. Now, in addition, cash payments or policy benefits were made to eligible members of Ohio National Policy Owners for an amount totaling $500 million. Now, policy owners were given two options for purposes of their buyout of Ohio National. Option one was more paid up insurance, which ultimately led to increased policy death benefits and policy cash values. It's important to note that this was the default option if a policy owner did not make an election to vote. Now, option two was a payment of cash directly to the policy owner. Now, the bigger question here is how will the acquisition of Ohio National Mutual Holding Company impact policy owners moving forward? Now, first, I wanna be clear, any contractual guarantees made by Ohio National cannot be changed. The new holding company is obligated to maintain those guarantees. What will likely change or is changing are the current or non-guaranteed assumptions to include current dividend rates and the current cost of insurance. If you own an Ohio national policy and funded it to provide future income, it is highly likely the projected income you will receive will go down considerably. In addition, If you have a policy where you're expecting the death benefit to grow over time, the increase will likely be significantly less than what you thought it would be when the coverage was initially acquired. As an example, we have a client who obtained an Ohio National Whole Life Policy in 2015. The policy had a base face amount of $1.6 million with a $28,000 annual lifetime premium under the guarantees of the contract, as long as he continues to pay the $28,000 per year, Ohio National is obligated to pay the $1.6 million death benefit upon his passing. When the policy was issued, the policy guarantees show a cash value of $198,000 in policy year 10 and $848,000 in policy year 30 with that $1.6 million death benefit in all years. Under current or non-guaranteed assumptions, it was projected the policy would have 241000 of cash value and $1.72 million of death benefit in policy year 10 and 1545000 of cash value and just under $2.7 million of death benefit in policy year 30. Now, this client chose option one for his buyout portion of the mutual company. Because of that, the policy actually has more cash value and more death benefit than what was initially projected when the policy was issued, which is fantastic. For instance, when the policy was issued, his projected non-guaranteed dividend in 2024 was 9034 Following the acquisition, the projected dividend for 2024 is $5,376. That's a 40% dividend reduction. In policy year 30, it gets worse. The projected non-guaranteed dividend at policy issue, again, in policy year 30, was $41,395. Today, again, post-acquisition, the projected non-guaranteed dividend in year 30 has dropped to $11,584. That's a whopping 72% reduction. Now, instead of having a projected non-guaranteed death benefit issue at issue of just under $2.7 million in policy year 30, the new projected non-guaranteed death benefit is just below $2.1 million. That's almost a $600,000 death benefit reduction based on non-guaranteed assumption. Now, the projected non-guaranteed cash value in policy year 30 at issue was $1.545 uh, Today, the non-guaranteed protect, projected cash value is $1,168,000, or $377,000 less cash, cash value. As you can see, policy owners can be significantly impacted by the buyout of Ohio National. If you own an Ohio National Whole Life Insurance policy, it is important to have it reviewed by an independent, licensed professional so you can have a better understanding of what's going on with your policy. We would also encourage you to have it reviewed by an advisor who is unaffiliated with Ohio National. If you elected to receive the buyout in the form of policy additions, your policy will likely look better today than, it was, than when it was originally obtained. However, moving forward, it would appear Ohio National Holding Company is going to take those policy values back over the life of the contract. Provided you are still insurable, it would make sense to look at coverage from other carriers to see if there's a more suitable policy available. If you are not insurable, you will not have many options other than keeping the policy or surrendering it. If you're considering surrendering the policy, we would still encourage you to consult with an expert to make sure you are aware of all your options and are making the right decision for you and your family. Not all policies look better in other places, but we are seeing some policies it makes sense to replace with others it may not. So it really depends on a policy to policy basis which is why it's important to work with somebody to guide you through that process. On the surface, it would appear to me the sale of Ohio National Mutual Holding Company to Ohio National Holding Company is largely being funded by policy owners. Now in their defense, the policy owners are the ones who ultimately voted in favor of the sale, recognizing that policy owners who did not vote their vote counted literally for nothing. It wasn't a yay or a nay. So, Again, if you own an Ohio national policy, it's important to to get an idea of of where it stands and how it's going to perform in the future. Now, that wraps up our 22nd podcast. We want to thank you for taking time out of your day to give us a listen, and we look forward to future episodes. If you have any questions or would like to reach us, you can email us at lihq at miracleco.com or visit us on the web at MiracleCO.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-L-E-C-O.com. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk soon.